This is professional sports handicapper Fairway J, and you're listening to the Vegas Sports Zone Weekly Handicapping Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Vegas Sports Zone Handicapping and Betting Podcast. This is Fairway J. It's week 15. I'm going to give a quick recap, talk a little bit about what we have going. We're off a losing week this past week. NFL 4 and 5. Two and three on top plays. Not the kind of week we projected. Some good winners in San Diego in a total, but um, bad losers. The Steelers ultimately cost us having a winning week on the top plays as they blow the lead late. And uh, I think they're a team to fade here now as they've um, they've lost it. They're out of the playoff picture moving forward for the first time in years. Get the Bengals at home this week. But overall, I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, I come on here last week with a lot of praise and a lot of positive things we had going. A remarkable run since mid-December in all sports, but last week, a losing week, um, broke even, I think, on plays as far as um, college basketball and the top plays had a slight losing week. So not not what we expected, but, you know, with high volume and a lot of plays, we're going to be there daily providing the research and insight and information. And while a lot of people listen and know that there's so much available on the internet, especially in the NFL, it's really how you interpret the information and how we analyze. And that's why I write weekly articles every single week. So I encourage you to check back to the site, Vegas Sports Zone, every week as or every day as I have content up there every single day, including free plays. We had a solid rated play for free Monday night on the Bears-Cowboys over the total, never in doubt. And then every single day, I provide additional content. Wednesday is the inside the numbers. Thursday, the free Thursday play in NFL. We're going to do our Friday. College football is going to change. I'm going to be having some basketball things posted now on Fridays moving forward in the weeks ahead. And again, on Tuesday, we provide the podcast. I'm a little delayed this week, week 15, getting the podcast up as I'm traveling and out of town. And I had a bad connection yesterday, and I just couldn't get it worked out with uh, my web person who helps me with recording. We're up and available here now with plenty of time to listen and get started. So let's move forward to week 15. We're going to take a quick break and be back. I encourage you to get to VegasSportsZone.com daily, and we'll talk about the promos and top plays here shortly again. Okay, here we go. This is Fairway J with the Week 15 Mega Sports Zone Handicapping Betting Podcast. Let's start with the Thursday night game. Game 301, San Diego travels to Denver. The Broncos land 10 at home, 55 and a half, 56 in places for the total. Man, these Broncos play over the total, scoring 39 points per game, setting all sorts of records. Peyton Manning's on track to shatter a lot of passing records. I remember these two teams played back on November 10th. A 28-20 Broncos win as a seven-point road favorite. Now they're laying 10, and I'll tell you, after last week, I, I, I can't. It's very difficult, I think, even now for me to, after thinking Tennessee it would, it would be competitive last week and the Broncos might have a little letdown. Well, they only won 51-28. It just blew them out. That was their third straight game over the total. They played all but two games over the total, and this one sets up, even with a high total again, to be uh, uh, Manning and Rivers both having great years, and the passing defenses, I think, are susceptible to uh, uh, the strengths of the passing game. So I can't encourage you to really feel strong at all about playing unders. And remember this past week, even in inclement weather, the six games with sort of bad weather, snowy weather, wintry mixed weather, those games went 6-0 and over the total in Week 14. And in Denver Thursday night, we're looking at less than 40-degree temps, near-freezing winds, just under 10 miles per hour. So 
while not ideal, we've certainly seen, uh, I think, plenty of capability with Manning in this offense. Wes Welker's, uh, check his status, not likely to play here. And uh, Rivers is having a nice, solid season with his rookie wideout out of Cal. Had a couple touchdowns again last week. Now let's talk about the point spread here. Like I said, I think it's tough to play against Denver. They've shown that they can beat, and when they're on their, their best, they're going to beat teams and are going to beat them by margin. Now, can San Diego keep up in this contest? And when I, when I look at some of the statistical things I utilize and where I project, I see both teams passing for at least 250, and, and obviously Denver, I project them maybe over 340 yards passing in this contest. And, um, you know, Manning's thrown four more touchdowns seven times this year, and this is just a, a, a weakened defense of San Diego. So the shootout should be there. One note, a statistical thing about and a trend with QB Rivers of the Chargers. He's 26-6 and six straight up in December. He's got one of the best records. And the Chargers at 6-7 and seven are not completely out of the mix here for the wild card. They obviously should have a few more wins under their belt. They've blown some games. But with the leaders in the wild card chase, Miami and Baltimore and the Ravens holding the tiebreaker, both at 7-6, and six, San Diego is going to bring a big effort. Um, tough not to consider 10 points, but I think their defense ultimately lets them down in another loss here. Denver. Uh, pushing for the number one seed. They know they, they've got the tiebreaker edge over the Chiefs, but I still expect them. I, I think they're going to be very, very difficult the rest of the way, even in a let, maybe a potential little letdown to knock off at home. Uh, tough side, but be sure to read. I'll provide some analysis on this game on the Thursday website, VegasSportsZone.com, and I'll provide a write-up on this game. Okay, Sunday, December 15th, top of the card, game 305. Washington travels to Atlanta. The Falcons land seven points and 15 and a half the total. Who wants a piece of either of these teams? Not many, but I will tell you, when we start to look at the point spread differentials and, and where the value lies, believe it or not, with all the problems with um, Washington and all the potential chemistry issues, and now Kirk Cousins is going to start a quarterback for the Redskins more than likely. They seemingly have thrown in the towel. They're tough to get behind, but from a value perspective, this Redskins team was um, taking four and a half at Philadelphia just weeks ago. Now they're getting seven from Atlanta, a three-win Atlanta Falcons team. So I know I want no part of Atlanta laying these points, especially when we utilize my guidelines of rushing the football. No team runs the ball less per game than the Atlanta Falcons. And we know the strength of the Redskins is to run the ball. And with Cousins in there, they're going to run it plenty, I think, in this game. So from a matchup standpoint and how I look at games, I'd have to look at Washington as an underdog just from the rushing guidelines that puts percentages clearly in our favor. Now... I'm going to really dig deep into this later as the week continues to go on. A lot of articles to read about what's going on in Washington with head coach Shanahan, now gripping not probably not starting RG3. And is this team going to come to play the rest of the way? Well, this might not be the week. And they got two division games, I think, left still for Washington, including big rival Dallas. So that's where you might get the better effort. But I still think seven is probably too much to lay here with Atlanta, clearly. And uh, I think the better play is probably over the total. I think the matchups dictate that each team can have success. Ryan's going to go to the air. This Washington defense is absolutely dreadful. You go through the scoring week after week recently with the Redskins, and you see just a deficient defense. Last week, again, giving up 45 points. Not a lot as much yardage to Kansas City, but we know the Chiefs are not an explosive offense. But 45 at home, now they're traveling. I think this is set up on a fast indoor track. to Probably have more scoring than expected, and that's the way we'll look this week. All right, game 307, San Francisco at Tampa Bay. The 49ers land five. 
41 the total. Buck surprised me last week. I thought we had the better running game going with Buffalo, but here's what happened with Buffalo last week. They fall behind, and we have an incompetent quarterback, E.J. Manuel, the rookie, who's clearly not capable of putting the ball in the air and beating a team passing. So Buffalo got out of their game plan, and you have to kind of throw that out a little bit on how well Tampa played. you got to give them credit. The Bucks are clearly playing better and have not quit on Shiano, the coach, after a disastrous start. They're getting probably the best play of any rookie quarterback has been Mike Glennon for the Bucks, And he they got an all-rookie backfield with the running back. But this week, guess what? This team faces the more physical 49ers. And while many are going to look at San Francisco in a letdown situation, having just faced Seattle in a physical game, knocking them off, and now going on the road at the Bucks, the reality is that in competitively priced games, that six or less points, the team that wins straight up, covers this point spread over 90% of the time this season. Historically, it's over 84%. If you're going to pick the winner straight up, who do you like this week? Well, I like the 49ers, and that means I think they're going to cover as well because that's where the percentages say so. The 49ers' physical defense will shut down this all-rookie backfield, put pressure on Glennon in his first real test against a top-tier defense, and I think the 49ers' running game will show up here very balanced and uh, be able to attack. So, Despite the situation of not being as good for the 49ers this week, um, going on the road after the big game, big game and win against um, Seattle, I think they're the side to support. And I look at the yardage numbers and I project rushing at least a 25 yards advantage, probably more for the 49ers on the ground in this game. And uh, the passing attack, well, Kaepernick struggled against top-tier pass defenses. You can't put the Bucks in that category. I don't think either quarterback will get over 225 passing if I were to project. The better special teams are clearly with San Francisco. So that's the way I look this week, even though that's not the best situation. I think the uh, Niners and the Bucks solid play and run from a winning perspective this week. Game 309, Arizona at Tennessee. This game's in Nashville. Mid-30s temperatures, partly cloudy, winds near 12 miles per hour projected. The line's 2.5 with a road favorite, the Arizona Cardinals, 41.5 the total. How well are the Cardinals playing? Not many projected them, but they are right there in the wild card chase at 7-4 and four in a good position right now. If the playoffs started, they'd be in, excuse me, they're 8-5 and five now after that win last week. Arizona 6-1 and one at home, but look at 2-4 and four on the road, and now you're asking them to lay a price here. And yes, Tennessee um, has blown their chance to be back in the playoff picture. They've blown it a couple times against the Colts. Last week, again, no good. And um, the Cardinals come off an impressive, another defensive solid performance against St. Louis last week. And, you know, against teams that struggled defensively against the pass, you're seeing Carson Palmer and this receiving core do quite well. He goes to he goes to Fitzgerald and does gets uh, some success, but in this particular matchup, I'm not interested in land points with Arizona. I don't project them to have a lot of success on the ground here, maybe 70, 80 yards at the most. And uh, I think this is going to be a tough one for them, despite Tennessee seemingly out. I think they can play spoiler here. Fitzpatrick um, is going to have to put the ball in the air probably to move it um, against this, this Arizona defense. But again, they're not nearly as strong at home. Tennessee's been outgained by nearly 70 yards per game against teams that have a winning record this year. Problem is, is they've been terrible in turnovers. Against those teams, they're minus nine turnover differential. They're even worse for the season. Um, the situation, and many are not going to want to bet this bad Tennessee team now that is seemingly out, but this is where you see teams in the latter part of the season. You have to be able to 
project, read, and get inside and know that they're still going to play hard. They are pros. They're going to pick their spots. But I think Tennessee comes to play this week. I think Arizona's going to take the money. I'm not going to be there with them. And I think we're going to see less scoring. So I think under the totals probably lean as well this week. Okay, game 311. The New Orleans Saints at St. Louis. Saints are laying five and a half. We're seeing six in places, especially here in Vegas. And 47 the total. Uh, let me start with the situation involving the standings. The New Orleans Saints are 10-3. and three. They're 7 at home, at home, just 3-3 and three on the road. They're right now locked in and looking like they'll secure the number two seed. They have a shot at the number one seed, although having lost to Seattle, it's going to be tough. So they know that they're in position to secure the number two seed, but they're only a, a game in front of Carolina after beating them. They have the Panthers on deck again in a quick turnaround. So this still is a meaningful game. And while the Rams have been able to play hard under Fisher and at times show that they're capable, they enter here losers of their last two, scoring just 13 and 10 points against quality defenses, San Francisco and Arizona, last two weeks. New Orleans, after a disastrous season last year in defense, is shown under Rob Ryan that they are quality defense this season. The situation in the matchups, however, is that this uh, – this does not sit well with St. Louis, despite showing very well in the front seven and shutting down the run better in the last uh, four to five weeks. The reality is that this pass defense is young, inexperienced, and against a top-tier passing game like the Saints and QB Breeze, I think they're going to struggle. On an indoor track, I don't expect this to be much problem for New Orleans and Breeze to move the ball. They showed very well last week against the top-tier defense, albeit at home against Carolina, but again, on the road, in a dome, indoors, on a fast track, I look for the Saints. Still motivated to secure the division, hold on to the two-seed. They get this one. I think they get it by at least a touchdown this week. When I look at the matchups and the breakdowns of where I project yardage, yes, I have St. Louis having the better of it on the running game. But I think Clemens, the QB, has shown against quality defenses, he's not nearly as effective. It's shown in the stats. His QB rating has dropped consistently since he first took over. And I think the Saints win this one on the road this week by a touchdown or more. Game 313, Seattle travels to MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford to take on the Giants. The Seahawks land seven on the road, 41 and a half the total. And uh, again, you want to check the weather here and the inclement potential conditions. This is, I think, a tough spot. One of the tougher ones of the season for the Seattle Seahawks, and yet they're taking money here, laying seven on the road. In fact, all the bad teams, every losing team except the Miami Dolphins at home this weekend are taking money as a home underdog. I think we have nine home underdogs this week. But guess what? This is not the week to support Seattle, believe it or not. Um, I think the, I think the under is going to be a, a worth a play this week. And uh, if you're it's not only contrary maybe to play the Giants, but I think it's the correct call this week. I evaluate things um, situationally, and this not only traveling east for an early start, but coming off the game against the 49ers, division rival, big game, and laying seven on the road. Yes, the Giants, um, they played softer in a, in a sense. If you look at their schedule over the last six weeks, they've not played top-quality teams. And they're going to have to face one here. When I look at the matchups, I cannot make the case for the Giants in this game too many places at all. I think their running game is way down. They obviously have started now a, a new running back the last five weeks. He has been able to um, put on some pretty good yardage, that being 
Andre Brown, he's rushed for over 400 yards in the last five games, and the Giants have averaged 125 their last three games on the ground. So they're showing improvement. Eli Manning, it helps him when he has a balanced attack and in the ground game. But Seattle runs the ball a league high 32 times per game. They average um, among the league leaders. But in the last three, against some stronger defenses, including the Saints and 49ers, they've rushed for just 106 yards per game. Now in a letdown situation, a tough situation, in an early start on the road after playing the 49ers, I don't think they're going to be their best. So they got to turn to their strength on defense, and I think that's where it shows up. I think this game has less scoring than expected, but the side to support, we've seen QB Russell Wilson on the road against some quality defenses really struggle this year. We saw it last, last week. We had the under the 49ers game for a winner. He struggled there, went to uh, – uh, Carolina earlier this year struggled. He went to St. Louis and didn't do well. And now at the Giants, although not a top-tier defense, I think this game is going to have less scoring than expected. And I think the number is going to come down. So if you want to bet it, I suggest betting under early in the week to get the best number. And the underdog role, upset is tough to envision in the matchups, but the situation support it. Take the Giants this week as your home underdog against the Seattle Seahawks. Game 315, Chicago and Cleveland. I'm going to skip over this game. It looks like uh, there's no lines posted. Some early lines are posted here now in Vegas on this game. Uh, showing Cleveland a one-point favorite, 45. You know we cashed the over big time with the Bears. Good, gritty, gutty performance by them Monday night to get the win over the uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys. They're still in the running here. But guess what? This isn't great going to Cleveland in this spot. The, the Browns got screwed last week at New England with the uh, – the situational, the, the officials' calls and the onside kicks. They played well at New England. They deserved better. They don't get it. They're finding ways to lose instead of win at times, but this is still a quality defense. You have the better defense. I'm not going to say the better running game, but at home, I think the Browns bounce back big. I probably not won't, won't, don't want a part of Chicago on the road here even. Um, again, so many injuries decimated defensively. Uh, they, they are clearly an over team, but this is not an over team in the Browns. It's a tough matchup, I think. Let's watch it further. Watch the weather. Projected, I do have that for you. Low 20s in Cleveland. Probably some snow, at least a 50% chance by on Sunday with the 15-mile-plus-per-hour winds. Tough to play Bears under the total, but we'll evaluate this one further and see where the lines ultimately settle in this matchup. Game 317, the Houston Texans, what a disappointment for them. They fire Coach Kubiak. I don't think that was a worthy or just cause. They're throwing out some names here of potential replacements. None of them in my book are as worthy as Kubiak. Um, so where does this team sit? They go to Indianapolis. The Colts are laying six at home, 45 and a half the total in terms of form. The Colts are not playing well. They're struggling. They're limping. They lose to Cincinnati last week. We came on this podcast and said the Bengals are the only side to support, and they rolled them 42-28. No ground game for the Colts. Even a quality quarterback like Andrew Luck can't have great success when you're lacking the ground game support and, in this case, a defense that's been given up and not as strong. This Colts team went to Arizona three weeks ago and gave up 40. They go to Cincinnati and give up 42. They went to Tennessee the week before Arizona and gave up 27. Clearly on the road, they're not uh, playing well, especially in current form. At home, different story in the Dome. They've been pretty productive. They snuck by Tennessee um, in a game they were outplayed. Uh, really both sides, but the most recent home game. They uh, got blown out by St. Louis, played poorly 38-8. to in early November, so we know they're not in good form, and laying six I think is a bit dangerous, even against a team that has seemingly quit, thrown in the towel in a sense, but I don't believe it. I think the Texans in a division game will come pretty strong here. I'm not endorsing a laying six 
and in this kind of spot with Indianapolis. They know they're in the playoffs. They're well clear in their division. They secured it. Next closest team at eight and five for Indy is five and eight Tennessee. So where's the motivation? They're going to be locked into the four seed. Houston, I think, as professionals come out this week, uh, watch who they ultimately go with at uh, quarterback. Clearly, I'm not a def- uh, proponent of Coach Phillips when he was uh, head coach in this league. He takes over here now for uh, for uh, the Texans, but I think they'll come better this week. And I think um, if I'm going to support a side, it would be the underdog side this week in Indianapolis. Okay, game 319, the Buffalo Bills at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who likes this matchup? Well, we have a line on it, and we like it because we think we can expose some of the matchups here. The Bills are laying two on the road and 43. I want to talk a little bit about bad teams. The public just hates betting bad teams, and we're now seeing another, another example of why you cannot say this is not a bettable team or that you just can't bet on these. That's just ridiculous thinking, and that's not being open-minded, and that's not how you beat the NFL because the Jacksonville Jaguars – after getting beat week after week, over and over by double digits. Maybe the worst offensive team we've seen in the history of the league. They had lost two, four, six, eight straight games to start the season, all by double digits. What have they done since their bye week? Starting November 10th, they've won four of five straight up, four and one against the spread. They've gone over the total in four of the five, and that's how the NFL works. You start to get line value. You start to find teams that can still not quit and play. QB Henney is obviously much better choice uh, in, in the role than they had in the previous quarterback. And the team is now believing in themselves a little bit. Their stats are still lousy, but you have to look at kind of where they are in the last four to five weeks. Now, do we want them here against Buffalo at home where the Jags have clearly struggled? They they, they, they have uh, just one home win um the entire season, and that was last last. Uh, they come in with a little extra rest, having beat the Texans on Thursday, the previous Thursday, 27-20. But the Bills, you know, showed me last week. I thought in a matchup they could take advantage of to run the ball. They fell behind. When this team falls behind, clearly E.G. Manuel's not as capable of bringing this team from behind. This is a tough call, I think. When I look at the matchups and project kind of where the yardage might go, I see. Uh, just double-check my notes. I, I give the Jacksonville Jaguars a rushing advantage, and it may well be above the 30-yard margin I lose. So as a home underdog, I'd have to maybe consider them. I do know this. The Buffalo Bills have been playing hard under uh, Coach Marone, but last week, I, again, was an example where I thought the running game might get it, keep it going. Spiller had 149 the week before. They just didn't get it going. They may have some more success this week, but I want no part of them as a road favorite. Adding to their problems is that Buffalo is one of the worst special teams units in all of football. Only, I think, Washington might be worse, and Washington's clearly the worst in special teams. But the Bills are not performing well there. You do want to check the status of running back Maurice Jones-Drew for the Jaguars this this game he's questionable i think if he goes it's a go on the jags not certainly for any type of big plays i think these both these teams have plenty of deficiencies that can be exposed in this matchup all right game 321 the new england patriots travel to miami and this is a big game for the dolphins more so but still something on the line here for the two seed with the patriots the patriots land two two and a half in places certainly throughout vegas and 45 is the total now there's a few teams in this league that are really, I think, getting pretty fortunate week after week. One is the Baltimore Ravens. They either find ways to win or cover spreads despite really 
really subpar offensive numbers. The other, I think, from a team that's really winning consistently is the New England Patriots. They're 10-3, and and I just don't see this. I mean, I think this is a 10-win team maybe for the season. Now, they're not going to lose the last three games likely. Well, not likely to do that. But they are just 3-3 and away from home. And they, I mean, you just look at this team. This is not a good situation for them in my in my mind. Their last three wins have all been come from behind, pull it out late, emotional wins at Denver when they trailed twenty four against Denver at home when they trailed twenty four nothing. They rallied thirty four thirty one win they, in overtime. They go to Houston and get really outplayed by the Texans, and they they could rally and win that game behind Brady thirty four thirty one last week against Cleveland. God, they're just terrible out of the gate. The Browns had that team beat. They get the onside kick, and the Patriots pull that one out late, 27-26. Well, they've not covered the spread. They failed to cover the spread the last two weeks, laying big numbers. Now they're laying it on the road. Now the Dolphins, I really wanted to play against both these teams, and clearly I've played against the Dolphins in recent weeks and, and lost because of it. But what the Dolphins have at least shown me, that with better protection, I think Tannenhill's more than capable, and I think he'll get that protection this week against the Patriots. It's whether they can run the ball effectively. The Dolphins are still not running it well enough. And the Patriots... Best thing that Belichick does is he finds the opponent's weakness either on offense or defense and he exposes it. He'll put pressure on quarterbacks if needed. He'll drop safeties back if he thinks that they can't beat him through the air. And in this matchup, however, I think that they're going to get outgained by the Dolphins on the ground. And this Dolphins team returning off yet another underdog win at Pittsburgh last week. And remember, this team made back-to-back East Coast trips into bad weather. That's Miami Dolphins South Beach traveling and beating the Jets on the road, beating the Steelers on the road, now coming back to play the Dolphins in a huge game for them. They're still tied with the Ravens, but lose the tiebreaker in the last wildcard spot. They need this game, but oftentimes when you need to bleed. But the reality is... Um, I think Philbin's doing a real good job with this team under the circumstances, the offensive line issues, and the, the incognito situation weeks ago. This team's still overcoming it. I think with uh, Gronkowski out, big injury for the Patriots. Um, I think Miami can slow this passing attack enough for them to be able to have the success on the ground and ultimately pull this out. This is a tough call from, I think, a lot of betters feeling that the Patriots are clearly better. But think about this. This line against tells you that if this game was in New England, the Patriots would be laying upwards of nine points, eight and a half, nine points. They beat Miami 27-17 at home back on October 27th. But guess what? Miami outgained them, outplayed them, and just blew it with some turnovers. Tannehill, two, two interceptions that game. The Dolphins blew a 17-3 lead. I think they want their redemption. I think they get it this week. Play the Miami Dolphins as your home underdog. The only winning team as a home underdog this week. We take the Dolphins to uh, continue their push towards the playoffs. Game 3-23, the Philadelphia Eagles travel up to the Dome in Minneapolis to take on the Vikings. The Eagles land 4.5 at 51. Chip Kelly, guess what? Gets all the attention about this offense, but he's doing a very good job here with this team. you got to give him credit where it's due, and I think the Eagles, after getting questionable, uh, a lot of questions about this team early season, um, about being high-profile offense and not good defense, the reality is, again, perception reality is that this defense is much better than perceived, and their stats don't show how well they're playing. They're 8-5, a game up on Dallas in the division, they're 3-4 and four at home, but this team's 5-1 and one on the road, and they're playing a team that's uh, 
likely without Adrian Peterson and banged up last week. I want to be sure to check his status. Toby Gerhardt came in and did a nice job for the Vikes. But I think with the Eagles showed falling behind last week against the group quality Detroit team, they can rally back to win 34-20. They've now won five straight games, covered four of them. The one game that they didn't cover, they outplayed Arizona, should have covered it late. They actually pushed in that game, lying with the three and a half. But they're playing their best ball. And I see the momentum continuing here against the Vikings team who can't be trusted, even at home in a home underdog role here. They give up too many points, almost 30 a game. And I think QB Foles, who threw his first interception last year, had 19 TDs going into the last six game. He's still producing, and more importantly, the running game. He saw a tremendous game last week out of Shady McCoy, and I think that he has success this week against the Vikings. One thing about the Eagles – Remember early season, 27, 33, 26, 52. Those were the points given up in the first four weeks by the Eagles. Guess what? Since that time, going all the way back to October 6, the Eagles have given up 21 or less points in every single game. This team has shut down opponents enough to allow the offense to come into the system and really do well. And Foles has done just that. Without Vic and some of the turnover issues, this team has excelled. I think they continue that momentum this week up in Minneapolis. Take the Eagles over the Vikings. Remember about the spread situation. Teams in competitively lined games at six or less, the spread does not come into play over 90% of the time this season. That means two times last week it came in, in the uh, in the uh, Seattle and San Francisco game last week, where the Saints covered two or uh, the Seahawks covered two and a half, uh, and taking two and a half and losing by two, that means if the Vikings, uh, you like the underdog, you should help them bet these underdogs outright. I don't like the Vikings this week. I think the Eagles actually outrushed this team by enough margin, have enough success, turnover differential is much better. The Vikings special teams are better, but I'm not buying it. Take the Eagles this week up in the up in the dome. Game 325, the New York Jets of Carolina. The Panthers laying 11, 40 and a half the total. I've come on this podcast in recent weeks saying there's no way, no how I'm taking the New York Jets on the road with this incompetent, deficient quarterback who leads just you know, an accident waiting to happen week in and week out. Geno Smith throws interceptions. How's he going to do against the number one defense in the NFL this week? Well, <laughs> I don't project it much, but this is not a good situation for Carolina. They're in a sandwich spot here in a battle for the division. They lose at New Orleans badly on the road last week. They get outplayed, and they have the Saints on deck again this this upcoming week. They know they just have to win and get through this game to have a shot still to get the Saints in redemption and still have a shot chance to win this division. But are they going to get it by margin? I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I don't see the uh, Jets having much success at all moving this ball. So, um, how do you know? I think the public's going to want to lay the points here. And while Carolina, I think their defense does shut them down, I just don't trust it enough um, that they're going to have success. Remember, the Jets' front defense is still strong. Their, their run defensive numbers are still solid. And I think, as well, we saw against a quality defense last week, we saw some questionable decisions and throwing out of Cam Newton. I think he has a little more success here this week, but not enough. Check the weather. Watch the weather. I think this game is less scoring than expected right now. As I mentioned, you see the total at 40 and a half. You get 41, grab it. It is available here in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Superbook and some other locations. Get it if you can, if you like the under. Um, but I think tough game to call. You're paying a premium on the Panthers this week to lay the number, but I want no part of the Jets on the road, even at this price. 
Game 327, big rivalry game here. Kansas City travels to Oakland. Chiefs laying three and a half in one spot, key offshore locator, but four and a half across the board in most places. Five and a half here at the Coast Casinos and Boyd Properties in Las Vegas. The total's 41. Now let's break this down a little bit. These teams played in Kansas City weeks ago, and uh, the Chiefs won 24 to 7. And guess what? They were outgained. They struggled to put up many yards. I'm going to grab and double check some of the statistical things, because I wrote up some things on this game. We saw, as I mentioned before, that the Chiefs, when they finally faced some quality quarterbacks, they struggled against top-tier ones, Peyton Manning and uh, Rivers. Their defense shows that they weren't as good as their stat profiles. Um, well, they don't have to be great against Oakland. We know that. you got the rookie, McGloin, at quarterback. Um, but he's at least protecting the ball, and he's certainly a better passing option than Terrell Pryor. Remember, Pryor had three interceptions in the uh, Chiefs um, against the Chiefs when they played uh, back in mid-October. And in that game, Oakland outgained Kansas City 217 to 274 to 216. But the problem were the turnovers of Pryor. Now, in a rivalry game. This is where I think you get one of the best efforts out of your home underdog, especially a division rival of the Oakland Raiders. I can't make statistical profiles. This has been an inconsistent team, that being the Oakland Raiders. These are both still run first teams. They both run it 28 times per game. The key, I think, for the Raiders will be to minimize their mistakes, which I think with McGloin they may be able to do, control the ball clock and chains. And while the public is supporting the Chiefs, and I mean a strong support on Kansas City, over 80% of the bets midweek are coming in here on the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not buying it. I'm going to look at the contrary side. The Chiefs are just 1-5 against the spread their last six games against AFC. And in division, they're 1-5 against, the, against this division um, the last six times. The Raiders are 5-1 against the number the last six following a straight-up loss. They're 6-0 against the spread the last six games following an ATS loss. Now, those are trends, but I think they might be worthy in this division game. A lot of support on the Chiefs. I'm not laying it. I'm looking at home underdog, not for a big play in any way, but I think the rival Raiders are going to bring one of their better efforts of the season this week in redemption. They showed that they can slow this Kansas City offense in the first meeting. They slowed Alex Smith with the passing game. Smith has a solid 11-2 ratio his last three, three to four weeks here um, for the Chiefs, but I don't think uh, that's enough. And probably a lot. Uh, also, I wanted to comment about this total. While the first game was less scoring and less yards, these offenses really picked up in recent weeks. In fact, McGloin is leading the number 16 offense in the NFL in, since he's taken over as starter over I think the last four to five weeks. The Chiefs last week at Washington put up 45, and uh, in recent weeks they've had to compensate for their defense not being strong. So this total might look like, again, a, a less scoring than expected because of the first result, but I'm not buying that either. This could have more scoring than expected, but I think the Raiders give their best this week. Game 329, Green Bay goes to Dallas. There's no line anywhere. you got to obviously watch the quarterback situations and injury. Dallas comes off there Monday night, another bad performance, although one-dimensional, what we expected, a lot of passing. This defense is dreadful for the Cowboys. I, I thought this was a playoff team. They're going to have to win out here. They've got some key division games, and clearly the one with the Eagles upcoming. I think Dallas wins this this week as Green Bay can't be trusted as well. They're, they got their own quarterback problems. They're not running it as effectively as they were with Rodgers in the lineup. And shame on the Packers for not having a quality backup. 
a playoff team, it's not fair to the rest of the team, a playoff type team to not have a capable quarterback to come in. You saw the Bears with McGowan, clearly one of the better backups, and, and they're still in the playoff picture. But the Packers, although not out of it in this division because Detroit, Detroit's blown their chance to pull away, they're just not capable enough. A quarterback with Flynn, I think, on the road here is going to get outmaneuvered and outplayed by Rommel. And I think the Cowboys are ultimately going to win this. Let's see where the line comes and what the status is of all players as we evaluate later in the week. Game 331, the Sunday night game this week is Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Bengals laying three on the road, total 41. And um, again, I get back to who I think is going to win this straight up. And I believe it's going to be the Bengals this week. And I think on national TV, this team is really playing well right now and in good form. And that's despite losing some key personnel and some key players on defense, not only linebacker, but the defensive secondary losing some things. Their key player right up in the uh, uh, the defensive front has been out. And yet, I said all along many times, Mike Zimmer does a real good job with this defense. And uh, where's Pittsburgh going to go now? They lose their chance. It's still maintaining a, in, in the playoff push. They lose and blow it late against Miami last week. Now they're back at home where they're not performing well at Heinz Field. And here's a team who have for many years have been beaten badly by the Steelers. This has been a one-sided, for the most part, under Marvin Lewis as coach of the Bengals. This has been a one-sided series. And I think the Bengals realize that this is our chance to finally pound an opponent that's beaten us so bad. You're going to want to watch the weather. But I think the Bengals go on the road here in front of national TV audience, playing their best ball right now. They're the number three seed. Um, pretty much secured that with the win over Indianapolis because they'll win the tiebreaker, but they still have a shot at number two. And they know that, and I see this team with a better running game, the better defense, a quarterback, and the, and the red rifle who's got a key receiver and green on the outside that could take advantage. The once-proud Steelers running game is one of the league's worst. They only run it 23 times a game for 77 yards per game, which ties Jackson for the worst in the NFL. The Bengals run it 30 times a game. They've run it 34 times per game on average their last three. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and more importantly, running back rookie Ivana Bernard has been real solid. They run, ran for a combined 150 last week against Indy. The week before, they gutted out a nice win at San Diego. I think they got out another solid win this week at Pittsburgh as your Sunday night winner. Okay. That's it for the Week 15 NFL Betting and Handicapping Podcast. I'm Fairway J. I hope you enjoyed the analysis and the thoughts and insight. Be sure to watch the weather. Be sure to follow the games later in the week. Do all your insight. I'll have some top plays again available. I think we got some solid situations to take advantage of this week. I'm going to bounce back. We're still providing more winners than losers over the last month for certain. It's been a good run. Top play, just $39. And what you get with that is all the football. That's NFL College. Obviously, the college season is going to move to the bowl season, but you get top plays in college basketball. You get the NBA. We're off another top play winner Tuesday night. I'm having to record this Wednesday for the first time all year because of my technical issues of getting ready to go. But I'll have this up for you Wednesday to review. Be sure to catch all the action. Visit VegasSportsZone.com every day for articles and analysis. I look forward to you continuing to support. And be sure to get on for top plays in Full Card Club again this week, VegasSportsZone.com. Enjoy all the games this week again, and good luck.